Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing good. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. Uh, we planted the church in late 2018. A little thing called COVID happened. We were digital for a while, and we've been back up in this new location for about a year and a half. And so welcome. Thank you for being our guest today. We hope you feel welcome and have a great time. We're brewing Wells Coffee. I don't know if there's any donuts left. We kind of hit those pretty hard today, uh, but we do have some, some plantains or whatever. And so grab a snack and some coffee and Meet a few new people. We are finishing today our series on spiritual warfare, and it's really been a good series. How many of you have enjoyed this series and, and learned something? And I mean, we just really, I think it's just been a solid, solid series. I enjoyed uh, teaching last week. It's, it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I've been married for 17 years. Uh, we have four kids. Uh, our final surprise of 2020, we're twins. And so my wife and I believe in Jesus and coffee. And that's, that's pretty much sums it up. Everything else is, every week is a struggle. I love what Matt says, like, it's a good week. I'm like, yeah, it is, and it's crazy. I have two wonderful moments in every single day um, because my son Maverick is the first one up every single morning. So he's always the one that wakes me up. Uh, but when I wake up, like, I set my coffee on, like, delay brew. So, like, I, you know, I set it for a certain time in the morning, and it's brewing. So I wake up to the smell of coffee, and I think right now I'm about five cups in the morning. Like, just right away, first thing. I know, I know, I know. But it helps me, you know, survive for the first four hours. And so, like, I, I, I've got, like, coffee, and I have this wonderful experience every day. Like, I wake up into the smell of coffee, and I drink coffee. And then there's this wonderful moment when everyone is asleep, and I can finally, like, just lay in bed and not move. Like, if you're a parent of a toddler, you know that you never stop moving. Like, I burn so many calories just chasing toddlers every single day of my life right now, and it's just non-stop. Like, I'm having ankle problems because I'm like, I'm just moving too much. I need to sit down. Like, I just want to sit down. No, I don't really have ankle problems, but I do want to sit down a lot more. Uh, but today, we are going to kind of wrap everything up. Uh, I had a good conversation with the core team, and one of the questions they had is, is we were wrapping up the series on spiritual warfare. was like, well, how do you know? Like, how do you know if you're actually under spiritual attack versus maybe just some, like, superstitious things you were told growing up or maybe some kind of weird family beliefs? Because all families have weird beliefs, right? Like, you know that's true, right? Like, it's not anywhere in the Bible, but grandma believes it wholeheartedly, right? And it's like, well, find that for me in Romans. You know, she can't, but, you know, the family believes it. And so there's, there's just weird, funny family beliefs, right? We all, we all have those, those kind of family beliefs. So how do you know it's not like a weird family belief? How do you know it's not like a superstitious thing, you know, that you do? Or how do you actually know you're under spiritual attack maybe versus uh, just your own mind, right? And I, I think the body of Christ typically falls into two extremes, that one extreme I've seen Christians fall into is everything is a spiritual attack, right? This person is just constantly under spiritual attack from Satan himself, right? And can I just be honest, you're probably not that important for Satan to bother you every single day of the year, right? There's other people as well, okay? Laugh a little bit, right? I mean, it's just like, like you're probably a little under the radar sometimes, okay? And, and so it's like, it's not a spiritual attack. You just need to stop swiping your credit card. The devil's not after your credit score. You're just bad at managing money, right? And the devil's probably not ruining every relationship you have, okay? Come on, sweetheart. You're just trying to marry potential and not patterns. You haven't learned that yet. Oh, I'm not going to pastor too much here, okay? Like, but, like, sometimes there's just some wisdom, 
right, that we could learn that might change a lot of things for us, right? There's just natural, practical wisdom. You have to get up in the morning and make a kale smoothie, okay? Like, like the enemy's not after you, just use some wisdom. On the, on the other hand, the other extreme I've seen are people that don't even believe the devil is out there at all anymore, right? It is all superstitious. It's all weird Christian stuff. So they're completely oblivious to the spiritual world that's around them all the time. And so they live a very materialistic life. They live, uh, you know, and, and these are the kind of the people that I'm like, they, they typically, like, they want a great job. They want more followers on social media. They're very conscious about clothing and looks and all that stuff. But what's interesting about the people that are very, very materialistic are often very, very bankrupt on the inside. Isn't that interesting that the more I try to go outside for fulfillment, the more bankrupt in here I become. And so, yeah, you might have a great car and a great job, but you're still miserable on the inside and you can't figure out why you're getting everything you want to get and you're still not fulfilled. It's because there is a spiritual aspect to being a human being. There's a soul in there. There's something in there that's deeper than just items, right? And we all know that you buy the new thing and it feels good for about two weeks, I mean, you could even buy a super nice car, and that kick lasts for a month, and then it's like, eh, it's just my car. Isn't that amazing about us human beings, right? Like, we, we, we go out there, and it's like still not quite scratchy. So I've seen people kind of fall in these, these two different eras. Everything is spiritual or nothing is spiritual. Could I help us this morning that we probably live in the tension that not everything is a spiritual attack, but then there's also an enemy out there that does want to wreck your life. And so there is a spiritual world. So we live in this tension. How do I know it's a spiritual attack versus maybe just, just me? So I have a few uh, circles. I am definitely not an artist, okay? I'm still drawing stick figures. Don't expect much from this, okay? Like I want to set expectation for us this morning. Um, but this illustration, I hope, will help you a little bit. This, this helps me frame uh, my world and like, how do I know if perhaps it's a spiritual attack or it's just my mind or my emotions? And so I run it through what I call a few circles um, that I, that I want to look at. So circle number one, you can throw it up, is thoughts. My, my thought life. Circle number one, this is my, my thoughts and my thought life. Now, sometimes it's just my own negative thinking. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If you are a believer and you're born again, the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has left the building and he has moved in to us, the body of Christ. It's kind of this beautiful, amazing thing that God has done. He's left the tabernacle, he's left the temple, and he lives inside of you. Your body is actually now the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? But the enemy will come and he will talk to your mind. The battle of spiritual warfare happens in our mind. He will come and he will shout. We've discussed that sometimes the Holy Spirit comes and he talks very, very quietly and softly. Sometimes when the enemy talks, he's like screaming into your ear. So if I wake up and I'm just like, wow, I feel miserable. I feel like giving up. I feel like selling out. I feel like quitting. Sometimes I just have to stop and be like, okay, did I eat a lot of sugar last night? You know, did I just get three hours of sleep? Do I just need to take a nap? And, and never underestimate the spiritual power of a nap and a snack, okay? Like there is sometimes you just need to take a walk, eat the food, take a little nap. It's okay. Like have you ever been ready to like burn everything down and you just needed a three-hour power nap? And you woke up and you're like, I do love people. It's okay. Like it's all going to be okay. Like so don't underestimate that. So sometimes I just ask myself a little bit. I just take what I call mental inventory, 
taking some mental inventory. Wait a minute, what are the thoughts that got me to this place? And, and we talked about this last week, right? Gardening. I need to plant the right thoughts. I need to pull the wrong thoughts. So I want to stop and think about what I've been thinking about. One of the things that I've realized about spiritual warfare is sometimes when the enemy's voice comes, it's almost like a torrent. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the, the rains here in South Florida, like it's sunny and out of nowhere. It's just like a flood. It's intense. It's not a light rain shower. It's, it's, in, it's extreme. There are times in my Christian life I, can, I think I can point to and say, wow, I really think the enemy was trying to, to pressure me. He was pushing on my mind. He was just shouting and shouting and shouting these very negative thoughts. And so if I'm like, whoa, that doesn't even feel like my mind. It just feels like this torrent kind of thing. That's, again, not proof, but it's a bit of a question mark for me. Like, that's, that's interesting. So also, too, our minds are typically wired negatively anyway. If, you, if you've not realized this yet, 2020 would have shown you, we live in a negative world. People are not necessarily positive and kind and sweet. Right? And, and it, honestly, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us into the love of God. And, and every day, that's right. Like, it's, it's an ongoing process, people, right? So it's like, if, if I, my mind is naturally leaning negative, I need the power of the Word of God to transform my thinking. Okay, so it's like I recognize my mind has to go through this renewal process, this transforming process the Bible talks about. As I read the Word of God, I'm starting to think in line with God's thoughts, right? I'm going to read this to you, Psalms 144.3. Oh Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him or the son of man that you think of him? Isn't that a beautiful thought? God is thinking about you right now, right? And, and these are good thoughts. Jeremiah 29.11, the thoughts that I think about you, says God, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Just like I think about my children and I dream up good for them, God is thinking about you dreaming up good for you. When I wake up in the morning, I'm planning the next family vacation. I'm planning moments I can love on my kids. I just want to be with them. I want to laugh with them. I hopefully, I, obviously I have to train them and discipline them, but I hopefully, I want them to grow up and I want them to love dad. I want them to look back and be like, my childhood was a lot of fun. Like I'm thinking good thoughts. I'm saving for their college. I have four kids now, so everybody's going to community college, right? But it's like, like, it's like I'm trying my best to save for them. I was talking to somebody. I was like, dude, my, my current clothing style is clearance. Hello, somebody. Like, I'm feeding six people now, baby. Like, like we're getting through it. Like, the price of gas, Jesus. Like, you know, it's just, like, it's just awesome. So it's like, but I'm planning, check this out, for their good. The Bible says, if I'm a natural person, I know how to do that. How much more does your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts and do these good things? Like, he's thinking good thoughts. He's planning good things. He loves you. He wants to be with you. And so I want to stop and I want to think about what am I thinking about. If, if those thoughts or this voice is discouraging, defeating, right, or almost sounds like a bully, there's a good chance it's not God. If these thoughts are blasting my mind and it's like it wants me to destroy myself or give up or quit or I'm worthless, it's not God. It's not God. So whether it's my own mind that needs renewed or maybe the enemy is talking to me, it's not the voice of my heavenly Father. I don't want to rent a room to it, right? Again, we talked about this, but this is worth saying again. The devil has the right to talk to me. God gave me the right to ignore the devil right? As believers. Philippians 4.8, 4, 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That word in the Greek literally means to count, take account of. God wants you to roll over and count, right, these thoughts, these good things that he has, who he is, what he's done in your life, how he's faithful, how he's placed people in your life. He wants you to think about these things. So I asked myself this very powerful question. Are these thoughts beating me or building me? Are these thoughts today beating me down or are they building me up? Because the Bible says that God is encouraging and we to come together, we're to encourage. And so the, really circle number one is it's my thought life. I have a big question mark here. Yo, are these thoughts, are these negative or positive? Are they good or bad? Are they beating me or building me? Question number one I ask myself is what is happening in my thought life? It gives me a, a really mental and spiritual awareness. Again, as we talked about all series long, God doesn't want fear-filled believers. We have authority over the devil, but he wants alert believers, right? We're to be alert and aware, and, and when it comes to spiritual tactics, we want to be aware. So I'm giving you some awareness today. What's happening in my thought life in that moment? Circle, circle number two here for me. It's more like an egg. I told you I'm not an artist. I'm doing my best. I'm running out of paper. Cir circle number two is peace. Circle number two is peace. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let all your hearts be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you might abound in hope. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Romans 14, 17. I love this one. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Here's how I think about this. The kingdom of God, one third of it is peace. One third of what God is trying to build is peace. He is the God of peace. He is the God of hope. So if I'm in turmoil, fear, frustration, confusion, it's not God. It's not from God, right? So it could be my mind. It might be a spiritual attack, but it's not from my Father. He is a God of peace. I love 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If I am frustrated and confused out of my mind, that's not God trying to work in my life. He's the author of peace. He's not the author of confusion. So maybe it's a spiritual attack. Maybe it's the bad pepperoni I ate last night. I don't know. But if it's not peace, there's a good starting place. It may not be God. One of the things that I have learned is a, is a believer. I've been following Jesus for about 20 years. I have learned when a situation or someone violates that sense of peace in my life, I've learned to give it some distance. You know, God's will is often like sitting in your favorite, like lazy boy chair. Y'all you have that chair at home that you're like, this is where I sit. Nobody else sits in it. Don't touch my remote. You know, this is my chair, my space or whatever, you know, or laying in your couch, laying in your bed, like whatever it is that you go to and you're like, oh, I just feel at rest. Many times in my life, I've realized the will of God has a rest to it. Doesn't mean I, I don't work hard. Doesn't mean I don't hustle. Doesn't mean, but, but I've realized too, I'm like, there is a sense when God calls something up, there is grace there is strength, there is favor backing me up. And so, yeah, I work hard, but a lot of the results are God anyway, right? All the, that's why all the glory goes to God. So I've realized there is a rest in God's will. If, if I build a friendship 
right? Or before I got married, like if I built a relationship or if I'm trying to do something and it just constantly feels frustrated, miserable, frustrated, miserable, and I'm carrying all the pieces and I'm constantly exhausted, it might be a good idea to stop and just ask yourself, do I have peace in this situation, in this business relationship, in this friendship, in this decision? What is my sense of peace telling me? Right? I think believers, honestly, are, are a lot of times we're led by the peace of God. And if that gets violated, that should be a question mark for us, right? We want to live in his peace. Y'all tracking with me so far? Does that make sense? Some, some stuff on God's, God's peace. I've never had to force the things God really wanted to give me in life. I didn't have to force my wife to marry me. Didn't have to twist her arm. Didn't have to manipulate her. Right? She just thought I was cute 20 years ago and it worked, right? Like it was just, like it just worked. It worked, right? Like I didn't have to force to have my kids. You know, it's like it's, they're the greatest things in my life. I didn't have to force the church. It's just, I don't, I don't force the will of God, right? I just work with it. Sometimes I just wonder if, if, if some of us are just like, well, I'm for, trying so hard. And it's like, well, what is God's will? Is there any peace to it? One of the first things I look for is peace. Is there peace in this relationship? And if not, maybe it's not God trying to, trying to, trying to do it. Anyway, uh, circle number three, friends. This one is going to help you a lot. And this, this intersects here. So circle number three here is friends, right? Friends. Jesus had the three, the 12, the 70, and then the multitudes. Now, I don't want to get legalistic about this. But as your pastor, as your friend, could I recommend that the closest few people to you, if you're a believer, should be a believer? Let me just give you a little wisdom and tell you why before you kick me out of here, okay? Pastor, shouldn't we befriend the law? Of course. But when I'm going through something deep or painful or confusing, I want some people that just get it on a spiritual level. Look, look at this. A friend, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I don't want friends that I just fight with. I want someone to fight for me. And as I go through things, I don't, I don't want to have a lot of confusion and conflict in the relationship. I want people that just kind of get it. My, my closest few people are born-again believers, and they're developed in Jesus, and they are wise, and they're loving, and they're smart. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going through. Can you give me some perspective and some prayer, right? And then could you just give me some promotion? Could you encourage me? Could you hold my hand? Can you lift me up when I'm down? That's what I'm looking for. So let me, let me again, help, help us here. And then there's the twelve. Right? I think most of that circle should probably be believers. And then the 70, of course, man, invite everybody into the 70 world. And then the multitudes, those are all the people that follow you on social media, right? right we got a couple people in here. It's like, you have thousands of people follow you on TikTok. I'm not even that funny. Like, I'm like, I have, I'm not even on TikTok. I'm like, I can't dance. I can't make people laugh. Like, I give up, man. I'm too, I'm too old. I got kids. Like, I'm going to leave it to some of you all 25-year-olds to do that. You know, I'll just support you and pray for you and God bless you in your TikTok ministry, okay? But, like, I quit on that junk. Like, so it's just like, I'm like, here, here's the thing is, yeah, you got the multitudes. You're going to have your platforms, but when you got a few people you need to lean on, man, you want them to understand what's going on. This is, this is important. Look at Proverbs 12, 26. A righteous man is cautious in friendship. Look at that. A righteous person is cautious in friendship. 
I want to be slow to make a good, deep friendship. Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14, where, where no counsel is, the people fail. They fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. There have been times in my life where I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm confused. I really don't know if it's me. I don't know if it might be the enemy. I don't know if it's just, like, I don't know if I should plow ahead or give up or what. And I call some of my friends, my counselors, and I'm like, let me explain to you how I feel. Let me explain to you what I'm thinking about. Let me explain to you what I'm going through. Offer me some perspective. Give me some perspective. I'll tell you what, if you can find some people 10, 20 years ahead of you in Jesus and in life, it's going to help a lot. It's going to help a lot. You know, we, we, we might be the most over-inspired generation in human history, but I think we're all lacking a, quite a bit of wisdom, if I could be honest. With all my young of us, we could, I could pick on us. So, w- again, what I'm looking for in this little zone here, if I, if I ask myself, what am I thinking about? What's my sense of peace saying? And what, what are my counselors? What are my close friends? If I bounce some things off of them, I guess perspective... And, and I start filling in the blanks here, this will t- typically give me an accurate target of what I'm going through. Is this me? Is this just a bad thought pattern? Is it, is it just I'm tired and I need to go on vacation? Or some of them might be like, hey, honestly, it might sound like you're a bit under a spiritual attack. Let me pray with you. Let me, let me, let me hold your hand as you walk through this. And so these three circles help me a ton. I know today's a very practical teaching. This helps me a ton Find my place, right? It's hard to go somewhere until you know where you're at, like GPS, right? It's the same here. It's like, God, how do I get to the next level if I can't quite discern where I'm at right now? This teaching is a discerning teaching. Where are we at right now? Let me land on a good note, and we'll get out of here. Deuteronomy 31.8, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed right? Even if it's your bad mind, even if it's the pepperoni, even if it might be the enemy trying to lie to you, guess what? God is with you, and I believe you will overcome it in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's let's bow our heads and and pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for today's teaching. God, I I pray that some of this wisdom was able to be translated to uh, everyone's head and heart, and God, I really just want to empower them to live uh, really just a, a, a more awesome Christian life. And God, we know that you came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And so, Father, we do love you. We want to follow you. Uh, Before we wrap up this prayer, if anybody in here this morning, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you're like, yo, it's been a while since I've had a walk with God, or I've been in church, uh, but would you pray for me? Would you just lift up your hand right now? We're not going to call you. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're not going to cause you to come down. But if you're in here this morning, you're like, you know what? I want to begin a relationship with Jesus, or I want to come back. I just, would you pray for me? Thank you. Anyone else? Awesome. Thank you. Let's all pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, be my Father. I want a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.